0: Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales, and I am here today with my guest, Bill Prossman. And we are going to discuss music and what music can do for you. How can this access things that you want to change for good, move out emotions that you find not so comfortable, and how are you able to use it to leverage your emotions, not just in an emotional intelligence way, but also for fuel to help you move forward and to get the things done that you want to get done. And so that is what Bill and I will be discussing today. Bill uses music to address fundamental heartfelt questions. He has an extensive customer-facing history of excellence in dual careers as an information technology entrepreneur and a performing musician impresario. And in addition to running these two businesses, he's also published two books. Uh, The first is In Our Eyes, In Our Words, Portraits from the Edge of Society which received an Independent Publisher of the Year Award in, in 2019 in the fine arts category. The other
2: book is called More Than Human, and uh, the subtitle is rather long, but let's just stay with More Than Human for now.
1: All right, beautiful. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining me here today. I'm excited to have you.
2: Likewise. Sophia Renea, it's, uh, it's great to be in your presence, which is really cool to say these days with all of us being Separated by social distancing, but very much connected by technology.
1: Absolutely. And thank heavens for technology. Could you imagine going through quarantine without it?
2: Yes, I, I, I can, and I do frequently <laughs> because it seems so much simpler. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, take me to a forest. You know?
1: Drop me off by myself. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, you know.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm that way myself. I, I can crawl into a corner and keep myself entertained for hours without anything. So I, I can relate to that. But I do know a lot of people are getting a little twitchy about now and would have gotten twitchy much sooner if there hadn't been the electronic connectivity that we have in the world today.
2: It is a lifesaver, and and I think social media is sort of coming into its own right now as a way to, uh, to keep us connected with what matters to us, and it's always been there, you know, it's always connecting us, but I think it's gotten deeper. It's like deepening, which is a nice thing, a nice change in some ways. We're going below the surface of just liking things and and actually...
1: Yeah, well, you've got some time to like really read that wordy post now, (laughs) whereas before it was just like it didn't have a picture, move on.
2: (laughs) Yep, yep. Or you get the headline and you share it with a thousand people and you've never read the article and the article turns out to be something you didn't mean to share.
1: (laughs) Ah, yes. The premise wasn't what you thought it was. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ah, yes. I've seen a few of those.
2: (laughs) Oh, and, and, you know, guilty because I've been writing headlines Without articles, <laughs> because nobody was reading the articles, right? So I just write the headline and see what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's ballsy, Bill. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: you know, go with the flow. <laughs> who was it? it? It was Einstein, right? Who said, We're not going to solve today's problems with the mindset that created them. He didn't use the word mindset, but.
1: Yeah, but I, with the, the thought pattern that created the original yeah, problem.
2: Yeah. So uh, we, we've got to jump ahead. Uh, so you know, this is yes. so totally off the track, but isn't it odd how things are sort of coming home to roost now?
1: Oh my gosh, if you were hiding from something, it has come out of the woodwork i that's for sure,
2: <laughs> yeah, good, bad, and otherwise
1: yeah it it's interesting. I'm reading a book right now called anti fragile and I probably shouldn't talk about another author's book while I'm talking oh, no, to please, an author, go ahead. but <laughs> Um, but it's awesome and it talks about these kinds of what he calls black swan events It's the radical, unpredictable boom. Nobody could have ever anticipated this sort of thing like the pandemic we're in right now and how it will, it will shine a spotlight on the fragile things in society and the anti-fragile things in society will actually blossom and take off. How true. Yeah. It's true. it's a kind of a heavy read, but it, it's like timely for me right now.
2: <laughs> it It's necessary in some way, you know, that I don't know when was the book written a while ago, but even if it's a year, who could have predicted?
1: Yeah, it, it was relatively recent, but not recent enough that any of this would have been on anyone's radar. COVID had not escaped from the lab at that point.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And I know there are people who think about this. I'm fascinated by... The kinds of articles and the kinds of thinking that are going on where they're looking out six months, looking out 12 months, and then writing the article from that perspective. So they imagine where we might be, and then they write back and they write about what's happening now as how that influenced where they are then. And it's, it's that, like That's
1: like more creativity than my mind can handle. <laughs> isn't,
2: isn't it though? Right. It, and it makes your mind boggle, but it's like science fiction on a very compressed time scale.
1: Isn't that interesting i I yeah. just have huge respect for people who can do that sort of thing I, right I just yeah. don't I can't conceptualize quite that Not say, objectively
2: <laughs> plus you know the the temptation to live in the past or the future is uh, is huge right now, and being able to stay very aware and alert in the present moment is. I mean, it's an invitation, but it's not an easy one to accept because here we are in the present moment, whatever, wherever you are right now in your present moment, there's so much that we wish was not that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yet, I, I can see that. It, it, there's a huge temptation to want it to be something other than it is. Yes. Right? The, the folks who are out protesting right now, it's like, we're adults, we'll stay home if we think it's prudent to stay home, and we will be out if we think it's prudent to be out and I'm not sick. well, no, you can't prove that. so for, for the the best interests of everyone, please just remain at home and wrap your brain around something else, like how to create a stream of income from inside of your house. <laughs> yes, a
2: necessary thing by the way. yeah, yeah. we should all have those. Uh, I'm going to sound like. Who was the guy? Um, the two founders of Amway. So I got involved in Amway.
1: Oh, was, I'm a, I'm a, school. I'm a recovering Amway distributor. <laughs> so, see, so
2: there you go. So it was like Jay, and who's the other guy? Jay. Jay
1: and, um, yeah, I know. Who yeah,
2: you. them. Yeah. Rich.
1: Them, those guys.
2: <laughs> but their point was everyone should have a side hustle, and we're talking like 1960, 1970. When they're talking about everybody, yeah. Having a side before
1: hustle. a side hustle was was even remotely approved of, it was deeply frowned upon in many yes. cases back then.
2: Yes, it's a, and now it's a lifesaver for um, for many of us, I, I would imagine, who have something like that. And it's so easy to get one started. Of course, easy being relative because it's all technology these days.
1: Well, yeah, and so once you get over the technological hurdle, and hopefully you are quarantined with a tech junkie who's <laughs> <laughs> under the age of 20.
2: <laughs> well said.
1: They, they can get you up and going in no time and they'll fix whatever breaks.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, but it, it's an amazing time to look at what are the resources that I still have with me, right? Because it's easy when your day gig falls apart to go, I have nothing left, you know, and it's good to have that moment, to have that, that grief for what has passed, but don't park there, right? Take the next step to, okay, what do I still have? And in my case, as I was going through my, what do I still have? Unfortunately, my day job didn't evaporate, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but, Some things have evaporated. There are clients that have gone away and this sort of thing. And so as I was going through my list, one of the things that I have because I'm in a house is land. And I also have a great deal of scientific education and background, enough to know that we ain't coming out of quarantine anytime soon. And so I put in a garden this year. Perfect. Because... I have that. We can take that much pressure off of the supply chain because we're going to grow our own food. Yep. Yeah. I wish
2: I had this in front of me because it's a headline <laughs> it's a Headline I've been meaning to read. Um, it's from the Sun magazine. It's from months ago because I'm way late on catching up. But the headline is about um, to free ourselves, we have to feed ourselves. And it's about sustainable far micro agriculture, backyard truck gardens again.
1: Yeah, I, I've been thinking about chickens. In fact, I talked with one of yeah. my neighbors. I'm like, if you, don't, if you don't snitch on my chickens, I won't snitch on yours. <laughs>
2: yeah. But th- that's a good way to think, right? The side yeah. hustle and being more self-sustaining are, are really important to yeah. all of us right now.
1: And it's amazing what you can do even if you don't have land. Because I started urban gardening while I was in a condo. There was, there was no place to go outside and plant, but I sprouted instead. I did sprouts on the the kitchen cupboard. And so we would have these amazing salads of microgreens and, and freshly sprouted stuff. And you just need a little bit of space on your countertop to do it. They have these amazing stacking dishes that you can put the seeds in and you can have different ones in different layers and, it doesn't take as much space as the body might think.
2: (laughs) It's true. Then there are people who need, uh, you know, whatever you have to give as well, which is really kind of an interesting thing. Like, so you grow too much, find your neighbors because they probably don't have, you know, basil microgreens or whatever it is you're sprouting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, I was talking to a client of my former client, she graduated, she's off in the world doing her thing now. Um, But, I was talking with her to see how she was doing and how things are coming along. And she's like, they, they shut down the garden centers where I'm at. I was going to put in a garden and they shut down the garden centers. And then the place I was going to order seeds from didn't have seeds. And I'm like, well, shit, I accidentally duplicated my seed order.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Yes.
1: <laughs> Do you want some?
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: And so I, I shipped off a bunch of seeds to her and she's going to have a garden
2: that's so beautiful I, we had gardens when I was a kid and I haven't as an adult ever had the space for one but it's such a beautiful thing to, to work and I'm going to say this word but to work organically with your hands in your dirt raising your vegetables or fruit or whatever you're growing Yeah, that's such an incredible experience and you can't Duplicate. You can't do that virtually. It just, it won't work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and looking at my backyard, I mean, most of it is swimming pool. So, there's not a whole lot of arable soil, if you will. Uh, But we put in some raised beds on the south side of the house. And it's not much land compared to what my grandfather would have called a garden. (laughs) He'd he'd have called it a patch, right? But it's amazing what you can put into a raised bed or a hydroponic system because you can get, I found these amazing little boxes that are maybe two feet by 18 inches or something like that. And they come on stands and you can just put it out on your patio or out on your, your balcony and you dump a little water in with it. You don't even need it, a patch of soil. And you can put a lot more plants in one of those than you can actually ground you till. So I've, I've learned all kinds of interesting things.
2: This is This is great information right now because how many people are living in cities? Where you know, you can't find dirt,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and this, you know, this is something we need, and it's yeah. going to be a while. So you've got at least one growing season left, people, before we shut down the quarantine. Uh, maybe two.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you get one of these arrow Garden things that has the lights and all of that that goes with it, it you you can grow year round.
2: Sure, small hydroponics you can grow indoors
1: yeah
3: uh,
2: there's yeah it's cool. this is there are some good aspects of technology enabling our our ability to free ourselves from the food chain
1: absolutely. well, we've kind of gone a long ways afield uh because I think our original intention was to talk about music and the role that music plays in in keeping you on track and getting ahead now so, how how has music factored into your life, Bill? How has it kept you alive?
2: Oh my gosh, so. Recently, I read the most amazing article where they'd done another study of um, playing music for plants.
1: <laughs> you know what? I have not put speakers out over my garden yet, but I'm going to take some notes. <laughs> note.
2: So, um, you know, every so often somebody does one of these studies and they play like classical music and the plants are all happy and they play rock and roll and the plants all wither. And, and there's actual like there's science on this, right? The as human beings, we respond. Was it
1: to- rock and roll or was it punk?
2: Oh, it might have been punk. It might have been. Okay, metal. <laughs> no, I was going to say. It, you know, th- they started doing these studies in the '60s before we had instruments. <laughs> you know, they True. could measure, and we didn't have punk or rap or any of that then. But um, there, there's a different. I mean, we we vibrational beings, which humans and plants and animals and everything is. Uh, we respond to vibration, and so if you're going to have a healthy system, you better have some healthy vibration, and that's different for all of us. There's nothing wrong with punk. There's nothing wrong with rap. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not of itself injurious. But the organism that receives it um, is unique. Whatever, 8 billion of us now? How many are there? I haven't checked the world clock. Oh, recently.
1: God, I don't know, but the number's <clears throat> been decreasing recently.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's gone down a little. So um, so the, the, the idea there is sound is like food. You better be careful what you put in because it's going to have an effect on you. And yeah. you may not be conscious of that effect. Like, I, your I, mind, I, but.
1: I, for many years used punk rock when I was cleaning my house. <laughs> that's, see, That's perfect. Because it, it got me up and it got me like, just get, get the shit out. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a, that's a perfect use for you. And, and people will say to me, you know, I, and they'll come in with the same enthusiasm that just you just came to me Zophia, and they'll say well i clean the house to beethoven right and they're, and they're just all like they're all good with that
1: no then, i i don't clean to classical no, see, music that would, that would really i chill to right? classical music <laughs> right
2: so this is you know it's like how many people like brussels sprouts or you know broccoli it, it, so your system will tell you what you need and what works for you yeah. provided that you have a way of being able to to grok that to, to understand that and it's not it's not a head understanding the head understanding is well as has said that if i clean the house to punk i'll be happier and better and whatever in the house can clean it back. right it's not like that
1: this only not, if it fires you up <laughs> only and, and
2: the fire right the fire in the fire in the belly right so yeah. this is music is something that takes us out of our head brains and more into our heart and gut brains and if you have some practice with that you'll know right away if the music that you're hearing um, has a purpose for you has a use for you and what that use might be
1: I love that. And I I know that music has like quite literally saved your life. And I want you to tell that story, but we're coming up on our first break here. So what I would like to do for all of you out there listening to this conversation, if any of this has resonated with you, grab your pen and paper and jot down a couple of little notes, whether it was making a list of things you still have, or it was kinds of music and the way that that you feel i'd like you to participate with us in exploring some of this and we will return right after the break so hang with us
2: be sure to friend us on facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america
1: hey beautiful soul Sophia renee morales here i've been doing sovereign self for over a year now and i would like to hear from you tell me what you want to hear in coming shows go to tell TellZofia, that's t-e-l-l-z-o-f-i-a.com drop me a quick note and let me know How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first.
3: Are you feeling anxious, afraid, overwhelmed, or even panicky during this difficult time? Well, that's why 30 Spiritual Guides, Teachers, and Healers banded together to give you for free our best tips to empower you to thrive during this or any crisis and leave you feeling loved, supported, calm, and in more control of your life. To begin receiving your daily 10-minute videos, just go to 30daythrivalguide.com and enter your email. That's 30daythrivalguide.com.
1: Thank you for hanging with us. This is Sophia Renee Amorales. I'm here with Bill Prossman and we were discussing how different kinds of music are useful in our lives and how music can quite literally save your life. So Bill, if you would share with us, please, how did music save your life?
2: A really great question. And thank you for the invitation to this story. I, to, to put it in the context of what we were just talking about before the break, um, clearly, the right music can be very good. And sometimes the wrong music can be very bad. And, you know, we get triggered. And so it helps to have some understanding about what music is going to work for you before you, you engage deeply with it. And uh, the story I want to share with you is one of those stories, because the music that, uh, that basically kept me alive is music that I heard years before I used it for that purpose. I was I, I, I was in the middle of a divorce and couch surfing, and I think I was at a, a friend's beach house or something, and the clock radio there uh, was set to wake up for classical music. And so the, the clock radio went off and I would wake up every morning. Well, this morning I woke up and I thought something was wrong because the music that it was playing sounded new, like New Age piano music, like George Winston or something like that. Mm. And this was in the early mid-80s sometime, and so the the, you know, George Wisdom was popular and New Age piano music was new and, and I couldn't figure out what the music was and, it, and we didn't have the internet then so eventually I had to call the station or something and, and ask them what was playing at a certain day on a certain time and they told me and it turns out that it's uh, Rachmaninoff, mm. a, you know a romantic piano composer yeah and this weird, strange not at all like any Rachmaninoff I'd heard before was the thing that woke me up and uh, it stayed with me, it just got into me and, and it, was in a, it was in one of those, like, I like to listen to it, but I also wanted to learn to play it, and I did. About 10 years later, I played it as part of my senior recital when I graduated from UCI. And um, it's a wonderful piece of music, but it's, it's so uncharacteristic of Rachmaninoff because it's very slow and melodic and, uh, and very, uh, like unlike Rachmaninoff, which is pretty dense music, mm-hmm. this one is very sparse. It's very open and exposed. And it's got some big, dense parts, too, but it, it's, it's not typical. So I played it, and um, years went by. Fast forward another seven years or eight years or so, and I found myself in a place in my life where I felt like I'd finished everything that was important to finish. The kids were grown and gone. Um, I, my second divorce at that point had been finalized. Um, I, I was fighting the mortgage crisis in 2007. It was just, uh, you know, there were things, but it wasn't like, you know, I I didn't feel like there was a real purpose. Why stick around to try to keep my house? And um, I've been a person who's somewhat chronically depressed most of my life, and I felt at this particular moment, which was the Friday of Labor Day weekend in 2007, that I really needed to spend some time um, with that part of myself that had been a while since I really went that deep on depression. And um, I'm the kind of person who does that, who welcomes feelings, welcomes emotions. And while I felt like I had nothing more to give and that my life was pretty much done and I could check out, instead of reaching for a gun or finding a rope, I put on these headphones and I sat in the chair back there and put on that piece of music, the Rachmaninoff uh, etude tableau that had minded me all those years before and that's now in my hands where I can play it. And I just let it, um, on repeat, stay in my head, in my hear- earphones. And it was late in the afternoon, early evening, when I began the, sitting in the chair. And I hadn't expected that what would happen uh, next happened, but I began to weep. Now, as a person who deals with depression a lot, um, I can go there many times without having a physical effect. But the 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 depth of the sorrow that came out of me that evening was surprising to me. And I needed it. I needed to be there. And I don't know how many hours I was sitting there in the chair. But when I finally woke up, it was full dark and music still playing my ears. I woke up and, Sophia, I felt awake. I felt awake in a way that I hadn't felt awake in a long, long time. And I also felt completely wrung out, completely tired. (laughs) I was exhausted. But I had this, like, internal glow. And I went to bed and and slept because I couldn't stay awake any longer. And uh, the next morning I woke up with words in my head, as uh, happens frequently with me. And I realized as I began to pay attention that they were lyrics. Mm. And that I'd never heard them before so I wrote them down and after three or four verses and a bridge I realized that I was in the middle of this song and it seemed to be had arrived at a stopping point I said so what's the next thing here where's the music I mean these lyrics look pretty good where's the music and the music started to come and I ran to the keyboard and fired up the computer and and transcribed all the music that I was hearing and as soon as it was done I had the the immediate question which I think I said out loud is well who's going to play this who will ever perform this I'm not a singer. And as clearly as you're talking to me, I heard the words, Bill, you are. And I took the invitation and (laughs) performed the silly thing twice in concerts. And um, it, it solved a problem that I had in the program at that particular moment because the program itself included this Rachmaninoff etude, which is a very dark place to go in a musical program. And I needed to somehow turn the corner and come out of it. And the song that hit me that morning... The Morning of My New Life was the song that turned the corner in the program. And it sort of commemorated that moment for me when the night before I had woken up to the potential and the opportunity to exist, to be in this world in this new way and do the work that I do now.
1: That is such an amazing story. I want to explore something with you around this story. Um, because I know many of us would love to be inspired in this way where the words arrive, the music arrives and this sort of thing. Um, and I also know that our soul will invite us to do things that stretch us. Like you're going to sing it. So what, was, what did it take for you to receive that and accept that? Was that simple for you or was there a little struggle around?
2: Oh, it's impossible to, uh, to do something publicly that you don't feel you're any good at at all um that that's not necessarily typical of how i do things in life but i am somewhat out of the box i mean you'd have to be to to <laughs> be the advocate that i am for music but it's a challenge and stretching in that way and you know i've sung in public before it's it's not like it's that big of a deal to sing we think it's a bigger deal than it is <laughs> uh, it helps if you have a good voice and you can carry a tune um, which I, I carried the tune well enough, but I'm not a voice that anybody would want to hear sing. So, being able to welcome that opportunity to be out so far outside your box, that um, that it has, I'm going to say, theatrical merit. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> right? I mean, and and if you're a parent, for example, listening to this, and if you've got teenagers, which all parents, you know, bless your hearts, are going to have teenagers.
1: God willing, um, they will have teenagers. You
2: no, know, but we're embarrassing enough as parents to our teenagers uh, so that there's not a whole lot of, uh, you, don't, you don't have to give yourself any rope at all when you're, when you're doing something that's going to blow your teenagers out of the water. Um, I used to lead drum circles. And so having a bunch of my teenage stepdaughters, kids, friends in for a drum circle was totally out of the box for them. And it was fun for me too, because I got to show them a way of being that they weren't used to seeing. And it, whether you're leading like a corporation or a family, being able to inhabit a new way of being is sometimes enough to shift things and to to get things unstuck where they're stuck and to offer a little fresh air where it's stale and to you know put more color back into the into the painting where it's all black and white. And right now, what a great opportunity we have to, to come out of the box in a new way. You know, pick up a drum or beat on the table together or sing together for the first time in a long time, whatever it is, there's so many ways that, uh, that would not otherwise be available to us in our social distanced isolation <laughs> that, that are beautiful and, and possible and potential.
1: So, what are some ways that I, as a quarantined person, uh, can use music right now to inform the decisions that I'm making, my family relationships, my health?
2: When we talked about the three brains, um, music is a great way of getting in touch with your heart and with your gut. Mm -hmm. And if you practice that... Uh, as musicians do, because that's what we're making music all the time, so we're pretty intimately aware of how the music is affecting us. But if you practice that, you can find out things about yourself that you didn't otherwise know were part of you. Um,
1: Can you give me an example of that? Yeah,
2: um, remember that book, Fire in the Belly, back in the day? It was about guys trying to find their manness, you know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those books. But this whole idea of trust your gut, we, we like to say that the idea that there's more to you than just what you think is the invitation that music has for us. Because while you can analyze music and you can get it in your head and you can memorize it and all of that, the effect of music is going to be a feeling. It's going to be an emotional... Uh, there, there's, there's beyond thought, there's components in music. And if you can resonate with those mus- with them successfully, if you can accept them successfully, you can unlock your superpowers. And I think my experience that evening with Rachmaninoff was a, a deep connection to sadness that unlocked the joy and the exuberance and whatever that's in there as part of it. It's like a vibrating string. You can, a string vibrates. And if it didn't, you wouldn't hear anything. But to vibrate, it has to move up and it has to move down. And there's no judgment about that. You need both the up and down movement of the string to create the sound. So, it's like the up and down movement between sadness and joy. I like both are necessary to create the energy of the music. Is that a crazy analogy?
1: No, it's a beautiful analogy, and it's a perfect analogy. and as you're you're talking about this, I'm reminded of Candace Pert and the molecules of emotion. She was one of the earliest neuro uh, scientists out there, and she discovered yeah. the neurotransmitters, the endorphins and the yeah. epinephrins, and all this kind of stuff, and the effect that they have on your mind and your mood and, and how it all ties together as part of the communication within your body, within your system. And so what you just said about music reminds me that laughter and joy and expressing emotions are hugely important to keeping yourself healthy and stable and whole, especially in this 24-7 news cycle that we've got.
2: <laughs> it's very difficult to um, to allow yourself to express the emotions you don't want. You know, the fear and the anger, uh, sadness a bit more um, socially acceptable. But with music, you can experience those deeply without the requirement to act out on them. Mm. Um, I was, I I think I was in that experience of deep sadness that evening, but with very much uh, safety, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I decided to just allow the music to work and see what would happen. And I've tried that sense, of course, with fear music and anger music and other, whatever emotional thing is in my space, I will generally take the time to be with music in that space and see what information there is. And even though I don't get the information, what the wonderful byproduct of it is is that you release that stuff. It's like the sadness flows away from you and the fear flows away from you and the anger flows away from you. And and who wouldn't want that right now? Because you don't want it leaking out on your family or the people that you're socially isolated with or um, on others you interact with, you know, and music lets you let it go.
1: I know you're a proponent of many different genres or particular genres of music more conducive to like moving anger through or sadness or happiness or <laughs> give us give us some genres to explore
2: <laughs> oh, the scientists and I will, will disagree with this um, there's no specific guaranteed sound that's going to have a predictable effect on all 8 billion of us in the world <laughs> and, and that's actually very beautiful in some ways But there are ways of you determining for you about that specific sound, how it affects you. And for me, hearing the same sound to determine how it affects me. And they're they're more than mental. You know, you have to go to your heart and say, oh, I really love the music of Paul McCartney. And um, when you start hearing words like love or respond to or enjoy, you know you're getting a heart response. Mm -hmm. You'll also get the same kind of thing when, oh man, when I listen to so-and-so, it makes me sick. So there you, there's your gut response, right? Yeah. And those are, those are things to pay attention to. Now, the question, of course, is, is your body telling you something that is information you should use, or is it giving you instructions to steer away? Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, we don't like things because we just don't like them. But if you're a person, for example, like my mom, who was chronically joyous, um, it was very difficult for her, and she was a piano player. She, she understood music. It was very difficult for her to express a human feeling that wasn't joy.
3: Mm. Even though at the piano,
2: she could go and play sad. She could go and play angry. She could go and play scared. It was all available to her at her instrument, but as a human being. So um, if you understand that you are capable of all of these amazing emotions that they're all part of who you are. Music lets you play around with them in a way that's non-destructive.
3: Mm.
2: And you can become comfortable with why it is that certain music makes you sick, you know, oh, well, that's having an effect on me. What yeah. do I, what am I learning about myself from this?
1: I love that. that. And I think you know, this is a great place to seg into our next break actually yeah. as we're coming up on that. So, it, during the break, spend a little time And think about music that has brought joy up for you, or anger up, or anxiety, or grief, or whatever it is. Spend a little time with what are some of the things that bring those things forward for you. Is it a particular composer, a particular genre of music, a particular singer? And uh, join us back here right after the break. So stay tuned.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey,
1: beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520 261 6827 and let me know how has the show supported you where should we go next or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment that number 5202616827 thank you so much for your feedback it's crucial in informing where i take the show next thank you and go out and live soul first
3: are you feeling anxious afraid overwhelmed or even panicky during this difficult time That's why 30 Spiritual Guides, Teachers, and Healers banded together to give you for free our best tips to empower you to thrive during this or any crisis and leave you feeling loved, supported, calm, and in more control of your life. To begin receiving your daily 10-minute videos, just go to 30daythrivalguide.com and enter your email. That's 30daythrivalguide.com.
1: I'm here with the wonderful and amazing Bill Prosman, and we're discussing how you can use music more effectively in your life to help you connect with and move out emotions. Um, so now that we've got kind of a listing of, of music we can use to access different emotions, why, why would I want to do that? And do I need to play an instrument to do that?
2: Wow, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh- The why is the easiest part. It's so much fun to experience emotion. (laughs) It's just so much fun. I mean, we go to the movies, and if it's a scary movie, we love being scared, right? And We love laughing, and and we we love all of the various ways that the movies trigger emotion in us. And uh, whether you like listening to comedic music or whatever your musical soundtrack in your life might be right now, there's so much out there that's just... It's an endless supply of amazing music that you could use for all kinds of purposes.
1: What if I've never really had a soundtrack before, Bill? How do I start? Yeah, where do you
2: start? So Pandora was a great way. Um, The the streaming services that are out there that deliver music um, intelligently, I'll use the word, uh, like Spotify. Uh, We used to have a thing called Songza. They let you go in by mood. Mm. And you can find a mood that may be foreign to you and listen to songs that somebody thinks are supportive of that mood. And, and you know, by and large, when you look at the, the giant sphere of music, uh, you can say, all the people that go to the Beatles like the Beatles. Well, that's true. But even within all the people that have ever heard the Beatles, there's going to be slices of them that respond better to ballads, that then respond better to uptunes or whatever. And so there's, you know, you can narrow it down, and the rabbit hole is very, very deep. So as you join the giant quest for your music, or the new music for you, or maybe listening to music for the first time with some sort of an appreciation for what it does. Oh, what a terrible word. I'm sorry, I meant the wrong word. It was some sort of a, a welcoming, accepting uh, the effects of music on you. Um, there's a, so a conscious much
1: invitation of the Yeah, the invitation. Yes. See, there it is.
2: It's the invitation. It's like, okay, music that makes me sick. Let's see what you have for me.
1: Yeah, like, well, and I was going to ask about that. Okay, so if I'm in an upset and disgusted mood, should I just go with that and, like, bring on music that, that kind of moves you in that? Or do I want an antidote to that? What, what's kind of the...
2: Well, don't we want both? I mean, we want it to move, and then we want something else. Um, I used to stuff things. So, uh, I grew up in the stiff upper lip, Midwestern kind of a family. So, when I had feelings that weren't acceptable, I, was, I learned how to stuff them, how to ignore them, how to consciously put them away where they wouldn't bother me, right?
1: You know, it's theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically, <laughs> right. Well, we know
2: what happens. So thanks, we have psychology now that's able to tell us that stuffing your emotions, not a great thing. So, um, <laughs> but then how do you move them? So because of being a musician and having practice with this, I know that if emotion comes to me that I don't want, I can listen that to, uh, to a conclusion. It's like the earworm, you know, gets, the, the melody won't go away. Often, if you play the whole song, that'll release you from the from the earworm. Mm. And it's similar with emotions, I find anyway, that you can listen to an emotion through to completion. Uh, sometimes it takes a while, like that night where I had so much built-up grief and I had to let it go. Uh, sometimes it's instantaneous. But here's the cool thing with practice. If you dial in on, let's say, what your sad song is. Sad songs, they say so much, right? If you can dial in on whatever that sad song is for you, And when sadness comes your way, it goes, oh, this is my sad song. I'm putting on my sad song now, and I'm going to be with this sadness in this music as it flows through. Um, The mind is a very unique thing because, at least in the head, it doesn't know the difference between what's imagined and what's real.
3: Mm.
2: So if I give you music and we play it right now and we listen, you'll have some response, whatever your response is. You'll feel things and whatever. You'll think things... But if I remind you of the music without playing it, guess what happens? Your brain sends the same signals, you have the same physiological response as if you were listening to it.
3: Mm. So,
2: with some practice, practicing the Rachmaninoff etude, um, all I need to recover all of the effects of that piece of music for me is to remember how it starts, and instantly Mm. I'm in the place. I'm releasing sadness. And that's a great practice because if you can do it that quick and practice it that quick, then when that sadness is released, you get to choose the next thing. And if that's happy, you put on happy. You know, you remember your happy song. Or if it's, if it's something else, whatever it is, um, you, you put yourself back in control.
1: Mm, I like that. I like that. I know when my husband and I were going through a really tough time about six, seven years ago, um, I, I, I'm organically depressed, uh, like my system tends to run that way. And it's a genetic thing. Now, I've learned how to counter that since then. But at that time, I literally put on the antidote to to depression every day. And I've got this playlist that I, I put on that's like seven or eight, you are Perfect and wonderful, just exactly the way you are kind of music and it's all up to beat and lift you up and remind you that you're fine right now, regardless of what went before or what I imagine might be coming down the road I'm fine right now in this moment, so let's celebrate that
2: <laughs> yes and and I love that you're conscious of the of the shift there because like me I saw I, I am sort of chronically depressed I love. Big romantic, dark classical piano music, right?
1: Moody, yeah, moody, moody second amazing. movements. That's me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's that's great. So it doesn't necessarily make me happy, but it does allow me to to feel authentic.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it's a
2: good way to feel genuine. Yeah.
1: And when you have uh,
2: when you have awareness of how you are in the world, whatever that thing is that's you. um, that awareness then gives you the opportunity to antidote for it, you know, so you can, you're can you more consciously choosing your happy track or whatever the energy is that you need. I mean, if you're, gonna, if you're a pro athlete, you need, you know, adrenaline. You put on your adrenaline track, you know, like the walk-on music that we used to hear back when we Yay! That's it. Yeah, right?
1: Right, right. That's it. That's it.
2: And and um, it, it takes awareness, you know, for that. And more than emotional intelligence, it takes emotional honesty because however intelligent we are, human beings resonate for all of the fields. And if we're not fluent in all of the fields, uh, we're we're cutting ourselves off from our power mm. in a way that's that's not great, you know.
1: Well, and I love that music can be kind of a gentle invitation into some of these fields that perhaps we've been told are not appropriate, right? Yes. <laughs> you get a lot of that as a kid. It's not appropriate for a little boy to cry. It's not appropriate for a little girl to be angry or aggressive, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but hey, And so we, with music, we, we can kind of peek that door open and poke our toe in and say, let me experiment with this thing that I was told was not appropriate for me.
2: Yeah, and and the magic is once you know yourself at that level, then like an actor, you can find those feelings when you need them. And right now, for example, compassion is a big thing. Empathy is a big thing. And we're not talking about the kind of gratitude that's the quick thank you at the supermarket anymore. We're talking about saying thank you to someone who's risking their life to sell you food. I mean, that yeah, and to deliver your packages. Yeah, to deliver your packages. Yeah, that changes everything.
1: I've got to tell you that the heroes in this thing. God love the doctors and the nurses. They're amazing. They're fabulous. They are true heroes. But the delivery people are the unsung heroes in this whole thing right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, we've all learned how to say thank you and mean it in the last five, six weeks. In a way that we never would have if we hadn't had uh, a worldwide pandemic, because. Gratitude is sure an important commodity right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I know in my work, frequently someone's soul will sit them on the sidelines and say, think about what you're doing and, and make some different decisions. And I can't help but think that a whole bunch of us have just been sat on the bench and told to think for a minute.
2: That feels good to me. Yeah. I, I want to live in a world where people are mindful of their effect on one another. And I want to live in a world where we're not arguing about who should be steering the ship, but we're, starting, we're arguing about how we can work together with all the other ships in the flotilla. And uh, you know, elevating the conversation beyond the sandbox, I, I don't want to sound pejorative here, but elevating the conversation is necessary right now. And, and like you, I feel it, it's an amazing groundswell of just real people
0: yeah, jumping well, up and,
2: and saying, yes, here we are. We make masks or we have a ghost kitchen or you know, we do podcasts to ins- help inspire people. Whatever the lane is that's yours.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know what your lane is yet and you feel like you're sitting in the dark and you're in a dark night of the soul, which is a perfectly normal, wonderful, acceptable place to be. And if you're in that dark night of the soul, I want to say to you congratulations because you have found... Your bedrock, you've found your foundation. Yeah. And you can build whatever skyscraper you need from here.
2: All of the great literature and movies and just everything that's out there uh, is an invitation. The great dramatic tension in movies is, is the invitation to traverse the dark night of the soul and to find what's on the other side. Now, if you approach it all that way, it, all the lights just begin to come on and the bells start to ring and and it changes everything Mm -hmm. when you realize that it's you on that journey.
1: Yes, yes. And so if you've been extended an invitation by a major change in your world, whether you've lost someone, lost a job, lost a way of life, whatever it is, um, we're here for you. We're rooting for you. And just know that the best gifts come wrapped in the shittiest wrapping paper. And the more stinky and nasty it is, the better the gift. (sighs) So anyway, before we get to the end, Bill, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your online course. You have something that you're calling How to Create and Use Music Rights. So, And it's a toolkit for dealing with life's challenges. So share with us a little bit about how someone learns more about that.
2: Sure. Um, I I built this course a couple of years ago, uh, with no idea, you know, that we'd be in what we're in now. But I find that there's a certain um, ritual use that you can often experience if you're in a yoga class, for example. If your yoga class starts and ends with meditation or with an invocation, um, obviously, if you're in church, there's a beginning and an end. If there's bookends around the experience. Yeah. And by introducing. Uh, the soulful, the, the heart-based use of music into a ritual where you, you know where you want to go going in and then you process through a, a musical curve that you've created and then you end in a formal way that says, yes, now we've done the work together. Um, this is a very powerful thing that people who program concerts have been using for centuries because it's important to, to invite yourself on a journey and to do it as an intentional thing, rather than just saying, oh, I'm going to put on my, you know, randomized workout
1: yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, and, and we'll see what Spotify selects for us for today. Right, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> And you might... Why, and not that might,
1: spirit why. can't work that way, but...
2: <laughs> Often she does. And and it's, it's beautiful and surprising when that happens. So uh, this, this online course, um, I just had someone finish it who's been at it now for a year, um, helping to release the grief of her father's passing. And, and she wrote this beautiful... Uh, Note to me, I want to publish it somehow as a as a recommendation. But it's it's more than that because you can watch people as they transform in their um, in their understanding of themselves through a conscious um, invocation of music.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's it's such fun for me to watch the lights come on. I mean, that's the golden moment, right? If, if I'm with someone and I get to see the lights come on, that's just that that's like food for me. It just lights me up. And I know that that's been happening throughout the course of people who are traversing it. Uh, I don't often get to be there, but sometimes the feedback is so beautiful. It's and,
1: like you uh, were there. I love it. Yeah,
2: it's like you were there. Yeah, it's yeah. like you were there. And and it's beautiful that people who are who are doing the the quest. It's actually I call it a quest. They're they're doing this quest for a deeper understanding of their own emotional uh, makeup, their own their own substance that that's more than just what they think. Uh, it, it's so amazing that. to be there and to watch this, you know crazy little thing. Everybody knows music is powerful, but to watch the power of music in real time transform people's experience of life is, uh, it's such a gift.
1: You can find that through SovereignSelf.media. We'll have the yes. links to all of Bill's goodies out there on Yeah, Don't write it
2: down right now. Just listen. They'll all be in the show notes.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a link down there. Just go find it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining with us today, Bill. Do you have any, like, Two-second soundbite, words of wisdom for the folks out there.
2: Sure. I like to say change your music, change your life. If you're feeling stuck, you can practice change with music.
1: I love that. And thank you so much for joining us here today. We are nothing without the people that we are here to serve. And I thank you so much for spending your time with us today. You've made a powerful choice. And we love you. We're here to support you. and.